tēnā koutou. You're listening to a co-education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. Uh, tēnā koutou katoa. Uh, ko Janelle Rekiwaka tēnei, no te whānau o tātaia horau, anei oe mihi aniki a koutou katoa i tēnei rā. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here chatting to one of my amazing workmates, Rahira Ormsby. Tēnā koe, Rahira. Tēnā koe, Janelle. Kao, hi ehoa. Thank you so much for making a space to have a corridor with me. We've just been thinking about the amazingness that was ULEARN 21 and there was just so many conversations happening about this keynote and that keynote and this whakaro and all of the things that remained with us after ULEARN and so we thought we might uh, get together and have some kōrero with some people about different things that impacted us and, and stayed with us afterwards. So I uh, appreciate you making some time. We might, on the kaupapa of well-being, hauora or waiora, we might have a listen to some snippets from a couple of our speakers this year at ULEARN. Jace Te Patu was one of our keynote speakers and of course the amazing uh, Lucy Hone and, and Denise Quinlan who also had a, a co-papa of well-being. So what we're going to do, Rahira and I are going to have a listen to some snippets of those uh, those two kōrero and then we're just going to reflect on, on what we think about that kōrero. Kei te pai ehoa? Oh, kei te kanui te pai ehoa. Rāwe. The second is te taha wairua. Now, through my uh, learnings, I feel like in the Māori wairua is one of the most, or if not the most important, it informs the well-being of all of our other walls of well-being. Kapai. So Jace Tipatu is talking about the Fari Tapafa and his comment is talking about Taha Wairua and how he believes this informs the other the other walls in our Fari Tapafa. What are what are your about that, Rahira? Oh, tuatahi kate fakai o. I totally agree with uh Jace when he says that. And like even just thinking about Wairua in terms of describing it, you know, I've always felt that wairua emanates from within us. And so, you know, in terms of what Jace is saying, if we're not well within us inside, you know, what's emanating from within us isn't well either. But back to wairua, you know, it's quite hard to describe. So, you know, for me, you can feel the wairua from nature, looking out at the stars, planting your feet on the green, green grass, listening to the birds, you know, the flowing water. And you can feel wairua from others and even your past tūpuna. But I, I guess in terms of um, overall well-being, yeah, totally agree with uh, Jason there that our wairua is, um, is you know, um, central to all the other walls as well. Ka pai Totally agree. And I... It's really interesting when if I think about spirituality, I think my understanding of spirituality has grown and developed over time as well. And probably many years ago, I used to think about spirituality as faith and beliefs. 
And I've probably come to understand spirituality in a much wider sense now in terms of in terms of Wairua and like you said, the Wairua of the environment and living things have Wairua and and um spaces in a sense and buildings in a sense can have Wairua. And so spirituality for me now encompasses so much more than than faith or beliefs it is quite genuinely about connecting with my own wairua but also allowing my wairua to connect with other wairua whether that's the wairua of a space or a person or the environment and it's almost the relationship between you know the connection of those wairua where I find my most fulfillment I think in terms of wellness so yeah, it's such an interesting chord at all. How pie. So we'll listen to another sound bite from Jace's chord at all now. Tetahahiningaro <clears throat> is our mental and our emotional well-being. I wonder if you know that in New Zealand. Since 2006, this is for our children. The use of antidepressant and anxiety medicine has increased by 80%. You might or might not know that we also have the highest suicide rates for rangatahi, for our youth in the world, in developed countries. We also feature really high suicide rates for men, which is alarming to me because we're overrepresented by Maori men in those statistics. Kapoi. Oh, this this hurts my heart. And he tino kaupapa tinei, he kaupapa hirehira, matato katoa no Aotearoa. This is a kaupapa we should all care very deeply about. I honestly can say I lose sleep about this, particularly about the the state, I guess, of our mental and emotional well being, and and it's seemingly steady decline for our tamariki and, and rangatahi particularly. Well, I'm going to put a question mark on that because my wondering is, is, it, is our mental and emotional well-being getting worse? As Jace is sort of talking about the statistics around that are worsening, is it getting worse or are we more aware of it? You know, has it always, in fact, been that bad? And are we just growing our awareness of this? But I can hand on heart say that the youth suicide rates in Aotearoa keep me awake at night. And it's I've lost whānau members to suicide, sadly, and I know and understand the ripple effects of that and the emotions that are tied up with that for those that are left behind to, to navigate that tough space so yeah heartbreaking totally concur man when jason shares those statistics it just makes me cringe and puts a real uncomfortable feeling within my puku just this week another one back home has um yeah committed suicide and also over lockdown so you know like you said before close to home I'm sure we all know someone that has lost their lives to suicide and also you know the fact um, that more people are taking 
medication. That's also an area, and and you're right. Is it because we're becoming becoming more aware of it, or is it the nature of te ao huri huri and all that we're facing, mm-hmm. the different pressures of life and uh, social media, and you know these are all my assumptions, but mm-hmm. yeah, but it does bring home how important uh, to it is that we really focus on well being and emotional intelligence within our learning spaces having the conversations about you know how we're we're feeling creating a culture of care where we look out and support one another Tikato. and yeah as i said the mental and emotional state of our rangatahi and tamariki is all of our business and we all need to care very deeply about this and so with people like Jace who are offering um, tools for your kite around how we actually directly teach uh, coping skills to our kids and, and, and how we have conversations about mental wellness, emotional wellness with our tamariki, so, so important and something, something we are all going to, I guess, need to navigate for the future for our tamariki and their wellness. Kapai. So we've got another soundbite here from Jace's Kōrero. I'm interested, especially with mental health, that we spend two minutes a day, hopefully, on our dental health. But some of us no minutes a day on our mental health. And for you as Kayako, let's keep it contextual. Your mental health and well-being, supported by your spiritual well-being, how you are in your spirit, is really going to impact how you're teaching our learners. Kaupai. Yeah, this is so, so important. I think for me, it's about the realization that in order to help others we need to make sure and get right with ourselves and I know as teachers we become consumed with thinking about this child you know we're lying in bed at night and we're like oh I'm a bit worried about this wee man or um, oh I think something's going on with this you know this wee girl I'm going to chat with her tomorrow maybe talk with the whanau and check in and you know all of those things that consume us but actually we need to to be we need to have our hauora intact in order to be able to best support our kids would you agree with that ehoa oh totally jay you know and just thinking about jace's title of his corridor adjust your oxygen mask first before you adjust others um mm-hmm. brings light to to look yeah how important it is that we look after our ourselves and then, you know, we're so much in a better position to help others and especially those tamariki within our, in our spaces and rangatahi. Yeah, and it's such a hard job. It, you know, the the job of a teacher is, is essentially a giver, giver of not just of knowledge and skills and expertise, but giver of your heart and giver of your energy and all of those amazing things. So at some point you have to fill your bucket up, 
you know, if you're giving, 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 then you might look down and find your bucket's empty. So whatever it takes to fill your bucket up, I think is absolutely vital. Our hau water, our whare, tapafa needs to be as kaha and as strong as it can be in order to support our tamariki mokopuna. Definitely. And I really liked um, how Jay said, you know, we spend two minutes a day. Well, hopefully we do on our niho, brushing our teeth. So why not are we, you know, our dental health? So why not our our mental health? Exploring the different ways that we can do that. And and I guess once we, you know, start having those discussions and sharing what we do to help support one another, you know, as Kayako, to support one another with what we do for our mental health, then we can bounce off lots of different ideas and, and create, you know, that ripple effect, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Ai, the ripple effect, so important. Tēnā koe hoa. Okay, we'll listen to our next soundbite. And the final is whānau. Everybody say whānau. I'm imagining you all say it. (laughs) It's one of my favourite words. Whānau is not just your blood whānau, this is your connection to others. (laughs) this is another one that really resonates with me I suspect I'm a bit of an empath by nature and I know I will not be the only one whānau there'll be lots of you listening thinking yeah that's me too and one of on a personal level one of my challenges is um I guess when there are people around me that I'm that I love and I'm close to particularly they're struggles their pain becomes my struggles my pain (laughs) and can take a really big toll on me and I know my husband will be like gosh what's happening with you and I'll be like oh well this is happening for so and so (laughs) and he'll be like what why are you having no sleep but that's that's actually some very real for me and so the wellness of my whānau and my loved ones has a huge impact on me personally and my own well-being and I'm sure that's true for everybody but perhaps to different extents you know some people I think are better at sort of separating others challenges from their own I tend to be really terrible at it and get quite impacted by the wellness of those around me what about you Ehoa is that taua taua Ehoa yeah you know like everyone will say oh how are you and I'm like I'm good and they'll say how's your whanau and I'm like oh because I can't feel settled you know knowing that yeah those within my whānau too are going through trials, so I'm the same. I did remember being in Kura, and we had such a tight whānau, and, and I'm talking about, um, you know, Jace is talking about that connection and how it is so important um, if you can create such a real strong whānau unit around your tamariki and know that, you know, I might be their teacher, but... I also really care about the well-being of, of everybody and that every whānau within the whānau care about all our tamariki, like they're all ours. And growing up through school with that beautiful collaborative approach where we know that we'll look out for one another's tamariki. Yeah, that's just what I thought of just then in terms of thinking about whānau and being connected. Absolutely. I, I mean, when I taught kids, they were my kids, 
you know, for whether it was a year or it was longer, they were my babies. And so their wellness has an impact on yours personally. And I think, you know, mama bears, right? This is our, this is our life. Like something goes wrong in the lives of one of my kids. And that can be enough to derail me in a sense and consume my mind and my heart and you know and then you add in a layer of things like sleeplessness and stress and worry and so I guess one of the things that I took away from Jace's Cordero is around how we can invest in others in order to invest in ourselves as well like that was a really powerful message it was like if, if those around us are, are good and we are checking in with them and um, supporting them through tough times, if, if that's what's happening in their lives, that in, in fact is almost going to come back to us and support us in our own well-being. Would you agree with that, Ehoa? Oh, totally agree with that too, Ehoa. And I guess that's what we should aim to establish, eh? So that we're wrapping around all our tamariki in whatever realm we're in. And loneliness is a real big thing for our rangatahi and and students these days. So, you know, making sure that they've got friends, making sure just checking in and having those discussions so that you feel connected to at least something and someone. Mm, Check on your mates. Check on yeah. your mates. Kaupai. So we've got one more sound file to listen to from Jace's Kōrero. Last year, there was a, a, a survey put out and that found that teachers, and this may be no news to you all, are overworked, I'm just going to say it, underpaid, burnt out with full schedules, And it may seem that I'm asking you to do something extra on top of the many things that you have to do already as a kayako. But that's what I mean. How about we disrupt the whakaro around that? How about we shift it and say again that we must adjust our oxygen first before we adjust others? And this feeds into the theme of this whole union conference is that we're not just surviving or barely surviving, is that through doing the mahi for ourselves, our hawara mahi, I call it, we're not just surviving, but we're thriving. Kapai. We've kind of touched on this already, but the, the idea, I guess, that, that a survey, a recent survey has told us that teachers are stressed and overworked and burnt out is probably not news to any of us. <laughs> I think right on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so I was listening to that. Hey, and we won't mention the underpaid. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and yeah, a hundred percent. And and you know, this has possibly been equally true through the ages. And that's I think I said this before, teachers are givers and so we'll just keep giving and giving and giving till there's nothing left. What what I did really like about uh, this his last corridor was, you know, him saying possibly it seems like I'm asking you to do more, and and what that triggered in me was, okay, so if we if this is a priority, putting on our own oxygen mask, then then what can we do less of? 
because we we don't want to put more and more and more. <laughs> so it, what could we do less of or what um, are we currently doing that isn't the best use of our time and energy at the moment? You know, so so we also know that there's moments in time where some things are needed more than others. So for you, if, if you are in a place of, of stress or burnout or complete overload, to me, that's, you know, the red buzzer going off, alarm bell, stop, <laughs> stop right now. So that might be important that you're doing right now, but, but that but you, if you're not healthy and strong, then, that, then that's not going to happen. So we need to push that to the side and invest some energy in our own hauora for the overall well-being of our tamariki. Oh, definitely, Ehoa. And I was, um, you know, something within us corridor that really triggered me was, what you've touched on already, is how can we be disruptors of the norm? Like, you know, yeah. it's all very well to say, oh, how do you take care of your well-being? But we know very well that workload exists. And I am so guilty myself of being that yes person and saying, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Or, you know, you get asked, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And, you know, you're stretched out in all places. And at the end of the day, I'm just, you know, how you get. When, yeah, But I can just honestly say I'm guilty of that. So I reckon it's learning to say, oh, I'm really, you know, learning to say no might be a good step. And also in terms of, you know, workloads in schools, how can you work smarter like, actually, have you yeah. had the conversation and unpacked? You know, I remember years ago, we used to plan our whole term. Um, one person would take a curriculum area, for example, and then we'd all meet up and share. So that took the time out of planning. We would share our kaupapa of what we would do with one another so everyone was aware. They could still put their own spin on it. Changing education up. Mm. It, it's making me think of that whakatauki he oranga ngako he pikinga waiora. You know, positive feelings in your heart will raise your sense of self-worth. What are we doing in our classrooms that really engage our students, that really, you know, what are we teaching them that are going to really help them for the future? Yeah, I really think we could be disruptors. Tēnā koe. Kia ora, tautoko. Kapai, sticking with our kaupapa of wellbeing or hauora, uh, there were another couple of amazing kai kōrero at ULEARN on the same kaupapa, uh, Dr Lucy Hone and of course the lovely Denise Quinlan and we're going to listen to some of their clips as well on this kaupapa. So what this teacher had done was they had a whiteboard and it had three lines on it and when students came in they could just put an X to show where they were and the first one was sleep. And at one end was still asleep and the other end was brimming with energy. And then the next one was mood and the extremes were flat as a pancake and on top of the world. And um, yeah, I have I have described myself to my husband recently as I'm having a pancake day. And it's, right. this language is so powerful because he turned and said to me, oh, thank you. I thought you were cross with me, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it, it undid the potential for, you know, confusion and all the rest. So the third one on this, um, in this classroom was workload. All chill, under the pump. You know? 
So, so they would just come in um, and she'd have these three lines on the whiteboard and they would just come in and put a cross on it. Isn't that right? So they didn't have to put their initials. No. I didn't have to, and then she could just, you get that kind of fantastic snapshot of the whole room to know where they're at. And you could do the same in the staff room, of course. Yeah. Wow. What do you think of that Coolio strategy? I love that. I um I had I had giggled at her I'm having a pancake day because I was just sitting here thinking oh am I having a pancake day so I, I'm okay today but I know that I have pancake days I love it I feel like it's it's almost a whole pulse check you know like how's everyone doing at a glance and of course you're going to get you know a variety of responses but also if you're particularly keen-eyed you may get a glimpse of particular kids that are in a certain headspace or energy space or who are perhaps feeling particularly stressed because I think that third one was about workload I love that I guess it's what you do with that information though right yeah definitely but a nice quick snapshot and of, you know, gauging where the kids, are, your rangatahi or tauira are at. And so quick. And yet, and I also like it because it acknowledges that you're, as a kayako, if you use that kind of strategy, that you're looking out, you know, you care about where your kids are at as well. And just a simple thing to add to any lesson. But you're right, Janelle, you know, you could see the different patterns of different students, but what to do with that information I say, you know, you could easily adapt your lesson if you're noticing a lot of your students are sort of at the lower um, levels as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Great all. Loved it. We got another clip from the lovely Denise and Lucy. Over the last year, I have learned and embraced ruthless prioritisation thanks to Lucy Home. Thank you. Um, so, and why is ruthless prioritization important and what is it? Okay, so let me explain because clearly I have, I'm the ruthless talent, ruthless prioritization. Um, and so we know that um, we're all trying to keep burnout at bay. We've all got far too much going on. And so in against that climate, the only thing, there are various drivers of burnout and we haven't got time to go into those today, but um, so that's, that's you know, a workshop for another day. Um, when you are trying to battle against burnout, one of the things you really need to do is reduce your workload. Well, you need to examine your workload um, as um, ruthlessly as you can to make sure that you really are focusing all of your attention on things that are absolute priorities. So. Um, we know that this is a kind of a vital resilience strategy is to focus your attention on things that matter and things that you can control. Uh, I, yeah, I was, I almost wanted to say, I'm in air at the end of it. it all. I love that terminology, ruthless prioritization. So tenakwe, Lucy, I'm going to take that one away and, and store that away. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I know that I live often in a state of prioritizing things based on 
when they need to be done by. <laughs> so I will work on this because I need this at four o'clock this afternoon. So I've got to do that first. And you get so sucked into being behind the eight ball all the time and chasing your tail that it feels like this constant state of panic. Like, what am I forgetting to do? To do? I'm not ready for this. In the rare moments where I can really genuinely prepare with enough lead in time, I feel so confident in those moments, you know, because I'm like, I did this a week ago and now I really know it and I'm coming into this feeling much more prepared. Um, so even though we know the outcomes of, you know, prioritizing your time and energy into things is, is vital to our well-being, I don't know about you, but I just, I tend to drift in and out of survival mode rather than thriving, you know? Oh, exactly. Just hearing your corridor, it reminded me of those, I'll get around to it. Yep. Number one procrastinator. Or, you know, or, yeah, doing things when you have to do things. Yeah, that's so me too. To have that time when you are prepared. So, Perhaps it's about slowing our our lives down a little bit if we can. And ridding, you know, like they're saying, prioritizing ruthlessly, you know, yeah. getting rid of the things that that don't matter. I tell you a habit I've got tried to get into this year, and I will say I am not fully there, <laughs> but but I am better. Is when I have something in my calendar, like you know. Tuesday in two weeks time, I need to do this. I am backtracking a week and going, right, I'm going to put in right now half a day's planning time or three hours planning time or, you know, and I'm putting that in my calendar and I'm trying really hard to be protective of that. And that has helped a lot. Like it genuinely has helped a lot. What what you have to be careful of in that sense is we tend to be um, frivolous with that time and we think, oh yeah, I put that planning time in, but it's still another two weeks away so I'm, I can shift it. And and that's where I get into trouble. <laughs> so I think if you, it's a great habit to get into, but the, the next step for learning for me is to then protect that space and go no I will not shift that there's a reason that I put it there and I'm not going to compromise I need to protect it is, is that something you've managed to sort of try to do when I do that it's so helpful and I've also been exposed to like the little Kanban little task board where you write down all your little little bits and then when it's in the process you know move it over to the next column and then when it's completed you know I can move it over so I can see that I'm utilizing my time wisely but a funny thing um my daughter the other day had her phone ring and it's like um this special time um that goes and so she knows that she has to drink her water then so um yeah so they're creating little apps and things to help us um prioritize our time we've got one more ehoa we got one more ehoa Mm. Our mentor, Marty Seligman, who trained Denise and I um, years ago at the University of Pennsylvania, I always remember he used to say, nothing ever good comes from ruminating for more than a minute. So put on a timer, give yourself a minute and then work out a way of snapping out of it, either phoning a friend or didn't he used to say, you know, wear one of those yeah. elastics around your wrist and ping it really hard or slam your 
hand on the table was his other one. That was really interesting because <laughs> I listened to that and I was like, yeah, that's such good advice. And then I thought, gosh, a minute. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can work to those time frames. But I do want to share um, her little tip about the rubber band around your wrist. I wanted to, um, it resonated with me because my son um, is an athlete and he uh, has spent quite a bit of time getting uh, sports psychology sessions. And uh, a wee while ago, he told me about a session he'd had with a sports psychologist and they were talking about how he particularly manages you know, when he makes a mistake on the field and snapping out of it so that he can get on with the rest of the game. So it was early in his sort of professional career, he was getting stuck in that headset of, oh man, I made a mistake and he was finding it hard to snap out. And the advice from the sports psychologist to help him with that was to physically wear a rubber band on the field and to ping it when he'd made a mistake as hard as he could. And he was only allowed to be in his head about that mistake for as long as he could feel the pain from the rubber band. So if it stopped stinging his arm, then he was to let it go. And I thought, wow, that's cool advice. And he he did it. He did it for quite a while. Wore this rubber band on his hand, you know. And, and such a great reminder. We have to train our minds to do this. It's not natural for everybody. Some people can naturally you know, let things go. Others need to train themselves and practice at doing that. So yeah, that resonated with me, her corridor about that. Great corridor, Jay. And I love that strategy with the rubber band. I'm going to try it. And a neat thing to share with our tamariki as well. But And it reminds me, you know, of the waiata, frozen waiata, let it go, let it go. And how hard it is sometimes for us to let go. But we can just spend so much time wasted, um, yeah, as we ruminate about what's happened if we don't let it go. Because at the end of the day, that's just added pressure that we um, put upon ourselves. Unnecessary. As if I don't spend enough time ruminating about my own stuff. I then, sometimes I pick up other people's stuff and ruminate about their stuff. And so, you know, we need to also have that reminder of if it ain't yours... Maybe consider not picking it up too. <laughs> That's a good timely reminder for me. Well, I have absolutely loved taking a moment to be present with you today and caught it all. And I don't know about you, but it's actually filled my way to a couple uh, up a little bit today um, because we have such busy times. So to stop and go, hey, let's caught it all about well-being uh, has contributed to my well-being <laughs> so. oh, it was wonderful um, having a all. It was. I think you just um, might have uh, thought of a strategy there have yeah. a corridor about well-being yeah, and, uh, yeah. Likely, your your cut will start to fill up a little bit do you know that that's so true. There you go, Etefano. Advice from Rahira and Jay today is find a mete, sit down, and have a corridor about well-being. Because for both of us, I would say it's picked us up for today, and we're feeling quite fulfilled. And we're going to go away and uh, continue to think about this after our corridor. So. 
There you go, Ehoama. E mihiana ki a koe rahira. Um, thank you so much for taking some time to have a kore ro. Uh, for those of you who have enjoyed these snippets, we've got a few more podcasts to come. We're going to review some of the amazing, amazing advice and guidance and gems that we all received at ULEARN. So stay with us at Tefano. E mihiana. You've been listening to a core education podcast pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. Te nara koutou.